0: Mansell at HJ Sports and today we're gonna to go over our new sites within the Tetra line for 2022 so new for 2022 we actually came out with a new way to mount your scope housing to the infinite adjust bracket no longer do you have to worry about your vertical adjustments uh, intertwining with the second access adjustments so as you'll see on the scope housing uh, there's actually an additional brick you can either mount that to the inside of the riser or to the outside of the riser. We recommend that for most traditional bows, you mount that to the inside of the riser and for any sort of sight that you're gonna mount in line with the bow to use the outside, just flip that around um, and mount it to the outside of the riser. So within each of the product categories, we have the Tetra Max, the Tetra, and then the Tetra LT. As always, our Tetra line of sights come in four different scope housing size options, an inch and three-eighths, an inch and five-eighths, an inch and three-quarters, and then also our four-pin housing, which is an inch and three-quarters. We also offer a 10,000th pin and a thousandths pin for both single-pin and four-pin options. On the Tetra itself, we once again have micro adjustments as well as your macro gain adjustments for left and right. For your vertical adjustments on your tetra bow sight you'll want to use the screw right here on the infinite adjust rail and the screw below that you'll just loosen those and slide it up and down another key feature on the 2022 tetra bow sight is the integrated scope ring that has a built-in level another key feature on the 2022 tetra bow sight is the ability to take a 2500 blue burst light this is an added on accessory but you can actually put that on there to add light to your pin to reduce light. With that, we also have mechanical rheostat, which is an exclusive feature to HHA on the Tetra line. You'll be able to turn in the rheostat if you want to dim the light, and then you'll also be able to turn it out if you want to let more light in. Also on our 2022 Tetra line, both sides, the Tetra comes in either a fixed frame, our Hunter edition frame, or it comes on a four to eight inch adjustable dovetail. All HGA products are 100% made and sourced in the USA, and they carry 100% lifetime warranty. For any more questions, please visit our website at www.hjsports.com.
1: Hello, we're at the BATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we use with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades,
2: folks. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bucks of America podcast. I'm your host Jeff Vance. Today I am at the Iowa Deer Classic in Des Moines, Iowa. My my first guests, because this is not gonna be my only stop today, will be is with um, Tyson and Kayla. Now the star of this episode is gonna be Kayla because she is an up-and-coming archer and she has had a very unique experience but then again she's got an excellent teacher so we get to learn her Learning curve and how fast it got shorted, and then today she's on pace to on be in fifth place or at least in the top five. So, Kayla, why don't you tell us the story behind you getting with with Tyson getting involved with archery, getting involved with expedition? It's like it's you gotta have a whirlwind story here.
3: Well, it kind of started when we first started dating. He told me that archery is his life, and I mean I knew that from knowing him from before we started dating, but he told me that. If I was going to be part of his life, archery is a big part of it. And that either I could do it with him or I would, you know, kind of be left behind a lot, as bad as that sounds. But I said, nope, I'll do it with you as long as you do horseback riding and that kind of stuff with me. Okay. And I said, okay. And he asked me my favorite color. And the next thing I knew, I had an Expedition Escape with teal, every accessory possible. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then... I don't know. We started talking about expedition and everything that they do. And he kind of was like, so what do you think of documenting your journey from a beginning shooter? I'm like, "Um, mm, I'm not too sure because I'm a very private person. Mm -hmm. I don't like broadcasting my life on social media. I don't like people up in my business. But I was like, if it gets more women out there shooting, then absolutely. So he took the he took the idea at expedition and they like the they like the idea and here I am, a year, almost a year later and documenting my journey.
2: That's awesome. And I, I went through the similar thing with the, with Alicia when we first started. Eating, like archery has been a big part of my life, and it's like at the time I just switched over to my new. Uh, my new impulse 31 this was in 2017 and when she told me that like her story about her ex pawning off her bow and stuff like that. so it's like once we we went and did the whole show route and shot a bunch of different bows to figure out what she really enjoyed and then she settled on and going with that one so it's I like the it's the elite spirit so it's got the pink string well now it's got bears colors on itself so. and and it's like we got it all tricked out for her and her style so this way it's, like it's perfectly. So it fits perfect to her like a T. I I mean, that's pretty exciting that uh, that you guys came together and that's like you've bonded extremely well with that. Now, what were some of, like if for a person that's getting into archery? What are some of the things that you had to learn quickly to become like to not hit yourself in the arm? Kind <laughs> of give us a little journey, like what all went transpired to be where you're at today.
3: To be honest with you, it my whole journey kind of got speed it up just because of it's every weekend with him in the summertime every weekend we are at a bow shoot or at some kind of show in the fall or even he owns a bow shop so learning the whole bow shop rope so I was in the bow shop shooting when I could and then every day this summer I'm a teacher so I have summers off mm-hmm. so I was out every day in the summertime shooting but the first time I ever shot I have never been more nervous more scared in my mm-hmm. life I, I've heard of people smacking their hands smacking their arms and that was a big fear of mine really big fear so when the first time I ever shot he had to tell me to breathe like a million times and I was sit, standing there shaking I don't think I ever calmed down until maybe after the sixth arrow, arrow went through my bow but I was shaking so bad and then he looked at me he goes see wasn't so bad I'm like mm, okay
2: <laughs> <laughs> anxiety is going through your mind here a mile a minute you know I've uh if you ever heard this gentleman named Winhoff. Mm-mm. Okay, so he is a world-renowned um, freak of nature. Now, he has actually developed a breathing technique where you you inhale, exhale, and it's like, it's called, it's almost like considered like blood doping, but uh, it's, his whole mission started with when his wife committed suicide and depression and stuff like that. So he went on this whole last, th- let's see, 1991, she committed suicide until now, so last 32 years, on trying to figure out how to help people through not going through pharmaceuticals and so he we went through this whole breathing process and I've listened to him on every podcast he's been on but he's very uh, very interested to listen to because he's, he's got a couple he's got several world records he summited Everest twice and what yeah. makes him so unique is that he he did it in just boots and shorts
3: That's crazy
2: yeah that's it and he he does trips up to Mount Kilimanjaro he brings people in their 60s and 70s that followed this type of uh, regiment and they just managed to make it all the way up the top and back. But it's like somebody should look into it. He's got on several exercises on YouTube that helps with that control and the breathing, especially when you've got a a, a monster buck coming through you or you get really excited. You know, I've been shot at enough times because I play I play paintball, so it's like you you hear the impact and all that stuff like that. So it's like your journal dump doesn't hit as hard as it would if somebody hasn't you not know, used to it. And Tyson yeah. has his own experience with that, with being in the military. So. You, you learn to adapt to what's going through here. So I think this is a good time for Tyson to chime in. So what was she like as a student? As a student, because she's still learning.
4: Um, so I've, I've actually been a – I'm certified as a USA Archery Level 1, 2, and 3 SDA coach. So I've done that training course. So, And teaching new shooters um, and – you know, new techniques to advanced shooters, you know, something to consider so they become a better archer. That's that's not new to me. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't as difficult from my standpoint of view because it, it's just like teaching any other new shooter, you know, new archer, the basic, I mean, we start at the very basic level of, you know, here's the proper grip, you know, and I demonstrate, you know, this is what we're trying to get, you know, good form. So here, you watch me. This is what I want you to try to mimic. Okay. And I'll talk you through the process and we'll make little adjustments as we go. So we get to that point. The difference is we're romantically involved. And so if something doesn't go right, I have to live with it for the rest of the week or whatever until she gets over it. Valid. I mean, let's um, be honest.
3: There's yeah. been times when it's been a couple weeks.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so, but she's, and most people that we have, I mean, they're there because they want to be there. So mm-hmm. that makes a better student than trying to force an education onto somebody. Like, I was a horrible student in school because I couldn't sit at a desk. You know, I wanted to be outside. I wanted to be doing things other than being educated. Mm-hmm. So things like archery and rifle shooting, gun shooting, that that's my interest. So obviously I'm going to focus on that more. Um, and she, she took to it naturally. I mean... She jokes about being a better shooter than me, and I don't joke about it because she is. She she is naturally a better shooter than me. Um, maybe a bit of it because of the age difference. I used to be a better shooter when I was younger too, but um, so that makes it easier. And her the biggest issue, and it's not an issue, is just getting her to relax. She's out of her comfort zone a lot with me, which says a lot about her anyway, choosing to be with me to put up (laughs) with the things I put her through. Uh But uh, just even today, she was mad because I made her shoot at a, you know, basically a state level shoot at an environment that we're not used to shooting in. We're not in the open like we normally do outside 3D. Yes. Um, Where we do shoot inside 3D, it's normally just us and a few other people. So there's room to move around. You're not confined to a small shooting lane where here is you're standing shoulder to shoulder with the box next to you. The lighting's different in this facility. The targets are different than we're used to.
3: And the people um, are right behind you. Yeah,
4: and there's a whole you, – you've seen the facility. There's a yes. whole section of bleachers two feet directly behind you with everybody watching you. So completely different than than what I put her through last summer. Um, and it started off rough for both of us, I'm not going to lie. Once she got herself calmed down and just used to the fact that everybody was watching her shoot, she kind of blocked that out and started put things together, and we finished a lot stronger than we started. So she just has the natural ability to be a good student. She doesn't take what I tell her as criticism. You know, it's we're doing these things together to make you a better archer, to make me a better teacher, coach, because anybody that has kids – especially and spouses that you're trying to go through this process with them, the hardest people to coach is the people that are absolutely the closest to you. And that's been my experience with our kids, um, with her, um, with close friends. So it, it's almost easier for me to like grab one of my other good friends and be like, trade me kids so we can coach each other because your kids won't listen to you. Anybody that has kids know your kids don't listen to you very well. (laughs) So it's, it's easier to coach somebody else that you're not as familiar with because you don't have to deal with the repercussions after the fact either. So, but we're getting better about that. Kayla's always been great about it. She takes the advice that I give her and actually implements it. Not just, I can do it my way, you know, and she's, she's a good student. I couldn't ask for a better student. Or relationship, I guess. So we'll throw that in there too. That's very
2: true because there was some big news that happened here a few months ago. We saw the pictures of that fancy dancy ring. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations on the two of you. It's like, when's the when's the big date?
3: Uh, we're going to Disney this summer, so it's not going to be to 2023. Oh, there you go.
2: Nothing wrong with that. You could go time to plan because we did everything in, in a year and it was very, not necessarily stressful, but it was like it was a lot of, uh, a lot of accurate things. She was so stressed. I was like, I was just there for the ride.
3: It's nope. usually
2: how it goes for the guys
3: i haven't well i have thought about it but trying to focus on one thing at a time and yeah
4: unfortunately it's gonna come right at the beginning of deer season i believe we're looking at a fall wedding so
3: so i hope you're available in october yeah see we were
2: smart we did it in september so this way there's no excuses
4: that's the busy time in the shop though it slows it down for a, a tiny little window right before the rut we got we're just gonna plan it out and do the best we can and so the shop will be closed on Saturday and probably open on Sunday again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's the joy, that's the joys of the small business. That's I I completely understand that. So now this was uh, so last summer we got to meet at the first time in Thomas Sparta, and that was fun. And like and you, you guys went back and forth on how you were competing with each other and such. Now what was it like? Like was this was meeting in, in uh, Thomas Sparta was that one of your first big three D archery shoes? That
3: was my first shoot ever. Really? Oh, okay. yes. So. I was honestly really nervous about that shoe. I didn't know what to expect. And when you think of sport competitions, you think of people saying, oh, I'm going to be better than you, you know, just trying to be the best and not really wanting to be there for the other competitors or the other teammates and all that. Mm -hmm. So when I got there and I realized that the practice range was right in front of everyone else, I was like, Tyson, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm just going to go for it. He goes, no, you need to practice. Like, but everyone's watching me. And. When a female walks into an archery range or a you know, an archery shoot, they get noticed because you don't see a lot of females at Correct. at the shoots or at the events. So that made me even more nervous and the fact that I at that point I was only shooting for two or 3 months at that point. I started okay. right after spring break last year. So I haven't even made it to my year mark yet. So I went to that shoot and I was like, I'm not going to shoot in front of all these people and Tyson's like, "You need to at least try." So I sucked up my pride. I got in the practice range and I shot two and I'm like, "Okay, let's go. Get to the first the first um target." And it did not go well. It completely missed the target, but this old man that we were shooting right behind, he caught up with us and somewhere else along the right. along the we way. We shot in
4: front of him. He came up behind us. As, oh wow. Uh, but she had actually shot between the legs of an antelope or deer, whatever the first heart was, and stuck her arrow in the tree behind it. So we didn't uh-huh. have to go find her arrow. And the old man came up and started talking to her.
3: And I told him, I'm like, yeah, I missed the first target. And he goes, you know what happens to the best of us? He goes, just keep going. And then as I kept going, I'm like, okay, so it's not just me, you know, I'm really, really hard on myself. And I got through that course and I found out I was only like seven points behind Chris Ham that day. And nice. Chris Ham, you know, big yeah, deal.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> so I got – I was really proud of myself for being my first shoot and only being seven points behind him. And then I didn't shoot the scramble that day, but I was – back watching everyone i'm like you know this is amazing you have all these people competing for the same thing and not one person is making fun of someone there's not one person Mm -hmm. saying oh you're gonna do you're gonna do crap
2: except for when 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 jake mansell
3: misses a target yes well (laughs) you know that's jake
2: we weren't
4: making fun we were laughing with him you know there there's a lot of i mean there's a lot of camaraderie there a lot of high five a lot of trash talking but it, it was all in good fun it was never like Hey, you suck. It's, you suck because this is fun and we're mm-hmm. making fun of you. And you know, it's, it was never any comments meant to be harsh or put anybody down. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was just a great environment to be in. And Chris puts together a heck of a good yes, he does. show. If that, I mean, that's, that's the only way to say it. It's a show. I mean, everybody's there having a good time and enjoying mm-hmm. themselves. And it, there's a lot of, a lot of moving pieces and that team puts together a fantastic shoot Um and, the, the, especially the scrambles, I mean, everybody's there together, shooting together mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it's beginners to extremely advanced shooters and everybody is random, you know, random partner. And so you meet new people, you know, you got guys that know each other yelling back and forth down the line, you know, just having a good time. And there's almost, I mean, there's pressure there, but it there's no pressure to perform your best because you have a teammate there that has your back, you know, mm-hmm. and, just the case with any shoot when you when you're paired with a partner you know somebody's gonna have a bad shot and then you know it flip-flops it's never it's not about always one person with a bad shot and you got your teammate there to carry you you know mm-hmm. so it's a it's a neat environment for sure
2: yeah and my that shooting that scramble was the first time actually there was money involved with it so there was a whole a whole experience for me myself there and i got to shoot with the uh, Ms. Schroeder. and And I had your Tyson was just a couple lanes down and Seth and all these guys. And it was just a lot of fun. And then then after that, every time Chris had a scramble, it's like I didn't have to even sign up. It's like my name's already right there. Just got to pay whatever I need to be to get in the fee and do it. And it's like I just have a lot of fun doing it. It's like I don't treat it like a competition because it's like I'm only shooting against me. Because, like, I know Tyson's shooting, so it's like, I, I, if I get at least 30 points from him, it's like, I'll be all right, you know?
4: You're making yeah. me sound way better than I am. <laughs> like That's the same thing. Chris sends me a message ahead of time. Hey, we're having a scramble. You want to be in it? Of course. I don't know why you even ask. Yeah. I know I'm not going to win. I'm not that great of a shooter, uh, mediocre at best, mm-hmm. um, but I enjoy it, and... I will gladly give up my money to go to a good cause like HHA USA and mm-hmm. the other half or whatever the percentage is that goes to the guys that win it. They deserve it. They put a lot of hard work mm-hmm. and time into that. Um, I can't as much because we're busy in the shop. So I end up shooting other people's bulls more than my own, and I don't put in the proper amount of time to be a world-class archer or whatever you want to call those guys. But some of yeah. those guys can just flat-out shoot. It's just amazing, and it's it's an awesome experience just to – be on the lane next to those guys and watch what they do and I'm always picking up stuff from other people you know I've been doing this a long time but they they're definitely I learn every time we do something like that so very cool.
3: And that was also something I noticed that and that was my fear is if I were to do the scramble I'd let my partner down but when you're watching the scramble you had shooters at every single level and those shooters that are there and they do absolutely the greatest that they want they can the ones that are normally winning they don't care if they're partnered with someone who is brand new they encourage them they give them tips and pointers and then they just shoot and they have fun doing it and that was really amazing to watch and it really opened my eyes to the sport of archery because I'm always like "Uh, if I'm going to do it I'm going to be the best and when it comes to archery you don't have to be the best as long as you're learning every time you shoot and you're having fun then you're winning
2: yeah, exactly right. I think that's the best philosophy to have when it comes to archery. Unless you go to the next level, like I, I from that event, I met uh, Dan Schroeder, and he invited us to the S three D A shoot. And that group of kids, the boys and girls, were highly competitive. They'd monitor, shit, talking back and <laughs> forth. Like I, I recorded a couple podcasts with I was, with the gal that w- took first place, and the other gal that was with the podcast, she took fourth place. But those girls were shooting spot on. Like the one, that, the girl, the gal that took first place, didn't miss a shoot. Didn't miss a shot. She got a couple of fourteens, but all twelves. That's but she, amazing. But I think she was going to graduate this year out. And then she's going to go off to. I'm not sure if she's going to stick. I think she's going to stay in Stevens Point. But a lot of the kids were like looking to go to get picked up and go down to Texas A and M or go someplace else. It's it's a unique experience because you get to network all these different people there, and uh, you can't go wrong with meeting everybody there, especially. Like hanging out with Chris, it's like it's just like it's just the energy he exudes, and mm-hmm. it, the, it's just very calming. Yes, like, there's not a competition; <laughs> it's it's just all peace.
4: Yeah, people just gravitate to him, and just his voice is like, "Hey, it's he's got a loud voice, but it's super calming." And like, let's go hear what he's got to say, <laughs> and like, he's just mm-hmm. a cool person to be around. But kind of going back, what you said is, you know, you're always just if. Depending on your philosophy, and I, I'm the same way, I'm competing against myself. You know, mm-hmm. I I shoot for fun. I don't shoot for money. I'll gladly pay to get into a shoot and give it up to somebody else to win it. But like I said before, but I mean, I really just shoot to have fun, to enjoy my time with Kayla and our kids when they can come with us um, and our friends, you know, and it's, it's not a competition for me. Um, it's kind of, you know, my normal life philosophy, too, is just be a better person than you were yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, and. So, and then that, I, that goes right into my archery and I'm, I'm sure hers is the same way, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So,
3: I mean, I feel a little added pressure, I think just because I am now an expert shooter for expedition and I went, started at nothing. So I, at first I felt like I had to prove myself, but now I don't feel that way.
2: So then after Toma Sparta, how did everything progress from there? It just
4: she, got better, and I made started beating to Tyson. The rest of the shoots. Oh yeah! So it was, hey, we don't we don't have our kids this weekend. uh What do you want to do? And she, well, there's already this shoot in Wisconsin. We're going. She already had a plan Like she wanted to be at every single one after that too. So we, I think we missed two out of the eight. Yeah, because we year. went to the tech. Yeah, we ended up We went tech. to Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So. Uh, yeah, it's her dragging me to shoot and me
2: paying for it, so.
3: <laughs> I mean, you're the one that wanted me to start, so.
2: Right, <laughs> yep, I created a monster. That's nothing wrong with that. Now, let's let's lead into your hunting season, because before we before I hit record, you're discussing your, your, your first animal you harvest with your bow. Why don't, we, why don't we break down that experience?
3: Oh, it was pretty much back to the first time I ever shot my bow. So I was getting frustrated because we had been out multiple times before, and it seemed like wherever we went, no matter what hunting ground we went to, or hunting spot, I should say, the deer always showed up on the cameras at the opposite one. Okay. So I was getting frustrated with that, and we had maybe, I don't know, 30 minutes left of hunting, and this pheasant kept coming in and out of the corn. I was getting really frustrated. I'm like, I'm not going home empty-handed today. So I'm going to either shoot this pheasant because there's nothing else showing up. Yeah. So I was concentrating on the pheasant, and we we're. this is my first time up in the tree stand, which I have no issues with heights, but when you're up on a tiny, tiny little platform hoping to God that the tree is going to keep you in with your harness, it's yeah. kind of scary. But I was after this pheasant, and then Tyson turns and, like, taps me on the shoulder, and he points, and then there's this doe. I'm like, mm-hmm. hmm, okay. Well, then the doe kind of goes off and does her own thing and then she comes back and I am shaking so bad that Tyson has to like grab my harness just so I don't fall or shake the rest of the platform Mm -hmm. and he was coaching me through it and he was like okay you got this take a deep breath and back to the breathing thing again when I'm shooting my watch is always telling me to breathe apparently I have this thing with holding my breath that I need to work on but I let my arrow go and she dropped maybe eight yards in front of us and it was an incredible, it was an incredible thing. I never thought I would be getting a deer. Mm-hmm. I mean, let alone my first shot hit her. I thought it was going to go over under anywhere, but in her and I got it. And the adrenaline was just crazy. It was one of the best feelings I've ever had.
2: Were you just shaking?
3: Like I was so much? shaking the whole tree. Yeah.
2: So,
4: yeah. So it all started like, she swore up and down she'd never get in a tree stand with me. So I actually, I have a construction background. I grew up swinging my hammers. My dad's a contractor. So okay. I've been building things since I was like, as long as I can remember, probably four years old. And so I built us a, a box blind out of recycled materials because we're environmental like that. So we had, a, I had fun building it. So we put that up and we'd sat in it several times and the, the weather just never worked out for us. And finally I've, I told her I was going to put up a double stand where I'd shot several deer out of. And she was super reluctant. You know, I went through the harness thing. I bought a lifeline so she wouldn't worry about it. if she slipped.
3: Okay, she wouldn't. Back fall. to the harness real quick. I'm small. So, I don't fit in the adult harnesses. So, I had to use a kid harness, which was yeah. even more scary.
4: We bought her a U-size harness so she could actually wear it. Uh, yeah, I know. I tried,
2: find, trying to find one for a leash was not easy. DMI, no. Yeah. And we, we managed to find a small that fit her. It, like, it's it strapped in everything. Everything bundled up properly. It's like, sweet. But, she. as to the other day, it still sits in the box.
0: Yeah. What restrictions here
3: Yes. Yeah. So try so having a youth one.
4: <laughs> she's, she's right at like the maximum youth weight height limit on that one, but it worked out well. Um, we don't, I won't get her in the stand when it's super cold just because she's cold blooded. But, uh, so then we go back to the box blind and we run a heater in there now. But, um, so we got her in the stand the first time, which I was impressed that she even did it. Cause she swore up and down. Like she would never, ever even step foot on it.
3: I was determined to get a deer at so, that point.
4: And ah. it just—it was one of those perfect storms where the deer did what I was hoping they would do, and it happened exactly. Like if I was gonna make a scenario, and be like, "Hey, this is gonna happen. We're gonna shoot a doe tonight." It would have been. It would have happened just like that. Perfect. So, but she, so she shot this doe, and it it directly in front of us. It was twenty-two yards, and I told her distance. Smoked it. it ran down towards us to our left and it ended up eight yards from our stand basically and, and dead. No, no tracking like perfect she turned around and looked at me she's shaking so bad she goes i'm freezing and it was like <laughs> uh-huh it was probably 45 degrees sunny out no not much wind like it was perfect conditions
2: this was been early mid, mid-november
3: it was the end of october end of
4: october okay. like towards yeah. the very end of october and I just look at her and I go, that's the adrenaline. She goes, no, it's cold. I'm like, I'm sweating in what I have on. <laughs> I'm like, you have a straight 100 shot of adrenaline going through your body right now. How cool is that? And she just rolled her eyes at me and goes, whatever, I'm cold. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty awesome experience for both of us. Um, what ended up happening where this dough had wandered off before, a huge buck that I have a history with of not killing came out, he chased her out, he came out after she had shot her doe, she's all shaking, doing her thing, you know and sat down and this huge, and I was like, just wait something pushed her out of there for a reason, Cause mm-hmm. she came running out when she came back out from the brush and stuff, and I was like, just wait there's going to be a buck coming, something's going to happen you know, and this pheasant that had flown down there earlier was all making all kinds of noise and flew back out. And I go watch, and this huge buck—he's probably one sixty-five, one seventy—class buck came running out, nose to the ground, and he hit her scent trail where she had walked out of the corn.
2: Yeah. and
4: ran up in the corn. And I, I looked at her. I go stand up, get ready, put another arrow on. We're yeah. gonna start this process all over again. Remind you,
3: I'm still shaking. She's
4: still shaking <laughs> like profusely. And she's like, what do I do? And I go, if he comes back out, which I'm pretty sure he will, he's going to come right back to us. And Mm -hmm. sure enough, you know, full run out to directly in front of us about 25 yards, pretty much to where she shot her doe from. And before we even started this hunt earlier, the wind had been blowing from our back. So not ideal, blowing from our back to our front left, about 45 degree angle. Okay. And I told her before we even started, I'm like, if something comes out and they're going to hit that scent trail and we're going to be busted. So if we have to shoot, we have to shoot to our right, you know, and he came out and he hit where that wind was crossing and stopped on a dime right in front of us at 25 yards and looked directly at us. She was already at full jaw, you know, and I'm trying to creep behind her cause I'm, I might stand was slightly behind her and off the side of the tree a little bit more. Okay. You know, so I was like, get ready to shoot, you know, and. My shot wasn't good. I hit him high in the back. He ended up surviving. He came back on trail camera and you know, but he survived. That's the second time I've missed theoretically missed this deer in two years, and we got him on trail camera after gun season after the January season. So he's still out there. so I mean, we put a lot of time in the stand, a lot of time shooting. Uh, this is just for everybody. Things happen. Deer do deer things, bows do mechanical things, and you just don't always put it together, but we still got another opportunity at him if he makes it through the year. So now we know specifically what deer we're wanting. We've had pictures of him before a season, and she was swore up and down she was gonna kill this deer.
3: Had I not been shaken
4: so <laughs> so I told her you know if it if it happens, you know we're gonna make i in reality, normally at this place that I hunt. I kill five, six deer a year between yeah. gun and muzzleloader season, or not gun, bow and muzzleloader season. Yeah. Uh, we took two deer off it. I shot a, a pretty decent buck um, from a different part of the property and her doe. But we spent a lot of time specifically for her to try to get her that first deer and then try to get her a buck because I shot my buck um, like a week after that. I went out on my own when she was at work or something. I had a day off and... Ended up shooting a buck that was pretty nice. Um, and he's hanging on our shop wall in a Euro mount right now. But, um, but then it was back to trying to get her a deer through the end of the season. And the weather didn't work out for us, the deer didn't cooperate. But you know, we're now we're together, we're learning the tactics of how do we hunt two people together. So we put up some more double stands. Um, so now. It's not me coaching her anymore as much as learning how to cohabitate in a stand together and learn the two hunts. And hopefully we'll probably get into some filming now that we know she can kill deer and I can kill deer. Um, But yeah, so we'll probably start to try to film a little bit, at least document what's going right and what's going wrong for us both. Um, and develop our hunting together instead of hunting individually like I had done for years and years and years. So new learning experience. So I, I mean, I, I couldn't, I I don't care if I don't shoot deer. It's fun being with her and experiencing those things with her now for the first time. And then hopefully it'll be our kids when they're a little bit older.
3: We already Um, took the youngest out with us this year.
4: Yeah. The youngest one, our, our eight year old tagged along and in the box blind so snacks and video game and phone you know kept her entertained but every time we took her out the weather was super cold and the wind was blowing directly in our faces into the blind which is great for hunting but not when you're trying to keep an eight-year-old entertained and stay warm yourself and so but yeah that's we have a lot of growing as a family of hunters hopefully to do so it'll be fun
3: and she did say she wanted to bring her bow out next time, so oh, that's exciting. a good thing. Yeah,
4: so hopefully, maybe we'll get one of those
2: pheasants to pop out. And...
3: There you go. I did never see. that. I never saw that pheasant again that year. So,
2: <laughs> someone got shot by, by by a hunter or something like that. Yeah. I, I had a similar situation with that here back around uh, beginning of December. I was. I had. I didn't even know there was a roasted uh, turkey about thirty yards behind me, <laughs> and all of a sudden, here it dropped out. It scared the bejesus out of me. And it's like he, him and I stared about five minutes at each other, just like just trying to figure like. I don't recognize what's up in that tree right now. And he'd walk around and stuff like that. And you, you could hear You could hear, uh, I think it was her. She was chirping and stuff like that. And then as the day as the morning went on, like where I was sitting at, I had four bucks walk out in front of me. But they're like four and six point. I really too small that I really wanted to shoot. I had three of them walk out. I had probably a dozen does walk out in front of me. And it's like right when I knew like the bigger ones were gonna start showing up, this turkey just does something stupid. <laughs> it flies towards all of them, and it just shifts everything away. And then as I'm watching, this buck chose this doe. That turkey spooked all the other bucks, and the one I wanted to shoot just took off down the valley. Of it's like son of a gun. And it's like it was. I was probably a good sixty yards away from it, so it was probably at least a one fifty class buck. And it's like, well, you know, he ran off. He survived. I didn't didn't hear anything. Didn't hear didn't hear anything crash because. I was hunting with a friend of mine that was like like three or four hundred yards away. We positioned ourselves this way that if I see something that, that he could possibly see or vice versa we could, we could communicate something like that but uh yeah those those become a nuisance but uh when Alicia and I first started hunting we get, we did we did the blind we just had all simple step blind stuff like that, and the buck I have on my wall now was the first experience she had when she came in when, when we first sat the year prior, this would have been twenty uh, seventeen. So then, twenty eight. Because twenty seventeen, when it came through, we were hunting and and we were us hunting in Rochester. So it's like we are still dating at the time, making that commute back and forth. But it in the in the county was and it had to have four points on one side, but three and two. So I was like, well, it was just one of those things where we couldn't do anything. But his nose was down on the ground. She was grunting and everything, and then all of a sudden he spooks up three does. You just run all back and forth. We just like take one for the team, take one for the team. Just kind of walk by us. It never did happen. But uh, then then the following year. We we he came in, eighty yards out, managed to make him all the way down to twenty six yards. Arrow double lunged him and tipped over forty yards over. So, you know, and then this year I got a one doe and I should have shot the second one, but it's like the time the time I had and, then, and all the stuff. I'm like I'm thinking in my head like how much time do we need to dedicate to each doe while I'm on the field and also got to get this back to the house. So it's like well I'm just gonna take the one. But she I think she, there's a doe that produces twins because it's like there's always seems to be. Mature dough and a couple of little yearlings running around. So now let's, let's bring this up to today. So how did you, because today was an experience for
3: you. Yeah. Today was nerve wracking. So this is the first time I ever shot in a competition like this. Like Tyson said earlier, people are right behind you. They're with their binoculars. It's a crazy experience. There's not a lot of room mm-hmm. when I'm shooting. I'm used to having as much room as I need. You know, there's no one ever really behind me unless it's Tyson coaching me. The lights are crazy. If I would have worn my glasses, I don't think I would have been able to shoot just because of how much light there was. But I somehow am managing to sit in fourth place right now, which is a complete shock to me because the, I did not do the best I could do, and I knew that. My so when I first started with my ex, um escape, my sight was set up to be ten. 10 fifth, yard increments.
4: I yeah. okay. so Started at forty pounds. So just speed-wise, she went 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 sight okay. pins. She shot for a month, and we bumped her up to 50 pounds because 40 wasn't enough. Um, So she handles 50 pounds well. So then we t- changed it to 20 through 60. Okay. And she's still trying to get used to the change, you know. So that was throwing her off a little bit.
3: So every now and then I always forget that it's now 20 30 40 50 mm-hmm. so one target was 30 yards away and I used my 20 and as soon as I pressed my release I'm like oh man and I knew exactly what I did And I just turned around at him I was like yeah that's not good so I didn't shoot very good from the beginning I did get a couple of 12s which I was kind of surprised about and like I said I'm in fourth place right now which just blows my mind and I'm representing Expedition in their expedition booth having a good time. I mean it's always fun. No one here was like, Oh, you did terrible, you know. They were there cheering me on and there's actually this little girl who was just eight years old who's only been shooting for a month and she was right next to me shooting today and yeah. we became best friends. So that was fun and I gotta shoot. help I gotta help her and she came and seen me at the expedition booth later and we gotta talk. So we'll see if I get to shoot tomorrow.
2: So now, with today's shoot and tomorrow's shoot, is this is this like for placement? Is this a ranking? Is it Or is this for S&Gs?
3: Well, funny story. I had no idea I was even getting ranked in score until someone came over. Hey, you're in fourth place. And I was like, Tyson? What?
4: I forgot. Like, honestly, I didn't try to pull a fast <laughs> one over on her. Like I said, I don't shoot well enough to worry about placing, so I – didn't even think. I just came to shoot for fun, and it's a different mm-hmm. environment than we normally shoot, a little bit more challenging or whatever you want to call it. So then Adam Bogie, who's also a friend of ours, uh, shop customer, and expedition pro staff as well, yeah. came over. He's like, Kayla, you know, you're sitting in fourth place going into the shoot off tomorrow. You know, you might be shooting tomorrow, top five, go on. And she looked at me, and like she said, she gave me a dirty look. What do you mean? I go, uh, I forgot, like I had no idea, you know, uh-huh. and our friend Amanda, who's also a staff shooter and works in the shop for us, she's like, oh yeah, I did that last year. That's why I'm not shooting this year. I forgot to tell you too. It's like, oh, thanks guys. So we totally just drove the bus over Kayla and threw her in. Um, so we'll see. I I personally hope that she holds out in that top five and I want to see her shoot without me shooting next to her and being able just to coach completely. Mm-hmm. On my own, or separate from her, shooting not shoot shooting with her, and just see what that pressure does.
3: I mean, I also haven't shot in a month because someone tried dying on me.
4: Yeah, but um. Yeah, you did have so, you did have a rough sport there. We, we had a little medical scare. I mean, it was worse for everybody else than me, I think. So.
3: And I'm still dealing with a shoulder injury. So the yep. fact that I'm in fourth place right now is really surprising. And yeah, it was just a big learning experience today. It's and different kind of shooting that I'm not used to, you know, the bright lights and mm-hmm. having everyone right there. So it was neat, but terrifying at the same time.
2: Yeah. Cause uh, what, did you shoot that scramble there? And when were, all of us were in that, in the, in the good thing you weren't there. Cause it was like, he was nuts yeah. all the way across. No, the, I his didn't. Elbows. It was, was
3: tight. I did not shoot a scramble at all last year. So when Tyson told me he was going to sign me up for shooting today, and it actually wasn't Tyson. It was our friend, Mike of ours. Um, his, uh-huh. his name is Mike and he signed me up and I was like, I hate you both right now. But yeah, I never shot a scramble last year just cause I have a lot of, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And then when I started, sh- when I started shooting bad this morning, I'm like, Oh, this is not good. And I'm one of those people that I practice every day. And the fact that uh-huh. I haven't been able to shoot in a month got in my head and, but I did something right. So,
2: so what happened to your shoulder? You said you're, you're covering from a shoulder and you're.
3: I have no idea there was a point last summer where I was out because I couldn't draw my bow back and I just had pain down my arm and down or right around my shoulder but I I don't like doctors so
4: it's old age I wake up every morning feeling worse than i did when i went to bed so true? age is finally starting to catch up to what we deal with every day
2: it reminded me like two weeks before the season ended in wisconsin i was gonna go out i had a weekend and i was gonna go hunt well i slept wrong so i, me- I messed up this muscle cluster on my left hand side and that's my that's the I hold of my left hand i i just couldn't it's like I, just, I spent the whole week trying to recover and get myself loosened up but it's like i was not gonna shoot injured and then try to compensate for it so yeah. it's like there goes my season and so I mean, I'm still having residuals
3: <laughs> the last couple of weeks we've been go, go, go. We've been in a hotel every weekend for just from different sporting events. And last weekend we were in a hotel and I didn't sleep right. And so my back's been all messed up from that. So I was worried I wasn't even gonna be able to shoot today, but
4: so maybe one of the things we'll go back way back that maybe makes her more coachable. So she grew up in the world of competitive cheer. So okay. that might help with my ability to critique her and And coach her, Mm -hmm. um, but also, you know, dealing with the physicalness of that. And we found out, I finally convinced her to go to a chiropractor, which is amazing. (laughs) I highly recommend it. Um, I'm very stubborn. We found out we, from her cheer world and my military service, we have pretty much the exact same back injuries.
1: Oh, Like chiropractor, he's
4: actually a friend of mine before he was my chiropractor. And he's like, look at your chart. And I was like looking at her x-ray and he's like, this, this, and this are all the exact same as yours. And I go, yeah, that's what I was, I knew enough that I was like, yeah, uh, same thing, you know, so kind of funny that exact injuries in the exact same places pretty much. But so, yeah, so that, I mean, there's always those lingering issues that, that come up in anybody that's been an athlete of any type and, you know, those things just randomly come back and get you you oh, yeah. know so um i'm still nursing a, i think a broken ankle i never went to the doctor for it but we i did a tough mutter type run thing and stepped in a pretty gnarly hole and Ooh. and my my ankle physically snapped and there's like two miles left and i finished it and it, i didn't go to the doctor for it but it like i've dislocated the same ankle but it wasn't the same time. I think I actually fractured bones in it. And I just okay. stuck it out, you know. And,
3: and then we went to the tack.
4: And then, yeah, then two, a week later, two weeks later, we were climbing around a mountain in the tack. And then I still try to run and stuff and just fight your way through it. But then today, one of the targets has, like, a slanted board. And uh-huh. it, it's my left ankle, and that's my forward foot. And just standing on that, like, re-aggravated. Here I thought it was almost pretty much done and then that kind of issue comes up and whatever. I'll fight my way through it or deal with it, but yeah, it's weird how – and archery is not a physical sport, but (laughs) anybody that does it will tell you that's complete opposite. It is very Mm – it's hard on your body, you know, not necessarily the moving from target to target, but just that the muscle groups you use to draw a bow – Mm-hmm. Uh, and hold your bow i think the only other sport that actually that i can even think of or know of would be like swimming yeah and then like maybe carpentry like swinging a hammer in just weird positions you put yourself in doing carpentry type work so anybody that thinks oh yeah you're just picking up a bow and throwing arrows down range it's it there's it's breathing, more there you know the form of it and trying to mm-hmm. do it repeatedly anybody can do it once fairly well it's doing it consistently repeatedly shot after shot after shot uh, yeah so yeah it's it's amazing the longevity you can get out of an archery career too you start at 8 years old and there's guys that are 80 90 years old still shooting and still shooting competitively in their class or outside their their classes and it's a pretty it's a pretty awesome community to even have a foothold in mm-hmm. um, so yeah
2: yeah, I can completely understand it because like my eyes have gotten worse. Like I can remember five, six years ago shooting forty yards and seeing exactly where the arrow goes. Now it's like it gets blurry. So I I broke down and bought a four X lens kit from my HJ <laughs> Tetra, and I I put it up to my like oh my god this is immediate eye relief. And Alicia put it up to her eyes like it's like so am I ordering you one? It's like well wait until I get my new glasses. But yeah, I tore my bicep last August. Had no idea I tore it until I lifted something heavy. And it's like depending on how I twist my my uh, left forearm, I can still feel it. It's like what the fudge. Like, yeah. getting old yeah. socks. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, But it
4: that's the cool part, though, is, like, also with Archer, you can get in at any age. shes yes, it is. I won't tell her age. Younger <laughs> than me by a few years, but she picked it up and started at her age. You know, there's kids starting high school age. There's people much older than us that mm-hmm. we get started. Um, we see a lot of those through the Dustoff Project that mm-hmm. we do. I don't know if we want to talk about that again, but... Our veterans nonprofit, so we get retired military people or you know injured or whatever coming to us. But they're you know my age, 41, 41 yes, now. 41. Yeah, forty one. Sorry, I don't remember. How old <laughs> I am. That's how old I am. I don't remember now. So, but we get guys that are my age and older, you know, and we start them. You know, same basic things I go through with her when we started her a year ago is we're going to give you the same lesson, the same step by step process, and they pick it up and. You know they start hunting or they start coming to these 3d shoots and it's it's amazing the attitude the change you see in their life the you know what they get out of archery is and they don't have to be you know regular customers that hey you know my kids got into archery in the schools uh i think it looks like fun or they want me to shoot with them what can we do you know here's a boat package you know they're you high school age kids or middle school age kids. So our age range and they're picking it up for the first time and enjoying it, you mm-hmm. know, and it, it's not like competitive running. I mean, you can do that at any age too, but most likely a lot of people don't get it into it at an older age. It's something they've done their whole life or, you know, it's hard to pick up a new sport. You can't get onto a football team in your fifties or forties, but you can always get into an archery club or an archery event in your, upper age
3: Mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons why I decided that I would go along with documenting my journey and getting on the expedition expert staff is just because there's so many women out there that don't shoot because Mm -hmm. they don't think they can they don't think they'll be able to do it and since I started my journey we have had so many more women in the shop from seeing my journey that are wanting to shoot with their husbands and they come they're like okay well if you can do it then I can do it I'm like absolutely absolutely
2: exactly it's yeah. the monkey do monkey see feeling and it's like and then I'm gonna be shooting the deluxe the XL or the, the Denali XL or the DXL and it's like I'm I'm I've man I've been I've been researching this ever since you I found out that you guys have one an I'll become event and it's like this is I'm pretty excited to throw some arrows down to it and I've already well got the money saved up for a new ball. i just didn't know what I was gonna go with so this fit the price range so I'm gonna shoot it and it fits all my parameters so it's like I'm not a speed freak I like the comforter, I like the valley, I like the like how the um how everything how everything settles in the pocket. So I, I look at things that, that differently. Like I have a friend of mine down in Phoenix, he likes he likes he's a stats guy. But it's like, dude, it's like when it comes into archery, just because you buy the seventeen hundred dollar bow doesn't mean it's gonna be the best bow for you. Yeah. So it's like I we all agree here. It's like shoot as many bows as you can and then decide on what you're gonna go with once you switch to expedition, then you're not going back.
3: No, yeah. there's really not. I actually have Especially two. That's the warranty. Yeah, I actually have two Expedition bows now, less than a year, and I'm already on my second one, but my FLX is completely custom, and it normally doesn't go down to my length, but somehow Tyson got it, and it is one of my favorite bows now.
4: We work some magic, so she's got this thing with teal, so we, she specifically picked out the exact color she wanted, you know, and we started to build off that. Um, we actually are the first ones to run a set of mini lever cams on it, so a short, shorter draw length. So she's got one of one, and I don't think anybody else has built one yet. Any other dealers are expedition themselves. So we had to, we actually had to go through the process of determining the correct string length measurements and how to serve them, and you know, it was built from strat scratch, 100% custom. Which that. I mean, I enjoy shooting, but I also enjoy the custom builds, the doing things specifically for a customer or a friend or whoever Mm -hmm. we happen to be working with. Um, I don't have Harleys. I don't, you know, have muscle cars. Like I have a pile of bows (laughs) and most of them are, you know, one-off type things or, you know, I customize them myself. And that's, I enjoy doing that tinkering type stuff and making things my own. So she fell right into that when she's like, I want special bows. Perfect. I know I'm how already, to do special bows. They I'm already
3: exactly. talking about my third so bow. So we're already
4: yeah, we're already working on the third one. We just gotta the thing with and it and it's not an expedition issue per se. There's just when you compare the what's available if that would fit a women, woman or a youth shooter, uh, especially when you get into actual, I'm going to call them real bows, you know, like real hunting bows or real target purpose bows. Yeah. It's lacking from every company. And it's not just because we shoot from Expedition. I'm not knocking Expedition or any other company because it's just the way the industry is. And it's shifting dramatically. Um, but there, there is not a lot of access to women-specific bows. Um, in the last several years, the Eva Chaki models that's come out and, you know, the – the Bowtech carbon roses and all that stuff, it's going that way. And it's awesome to see that progress. And, um, but yeah, so we, we're trying at least focus on our shop and with documenting her journey of, you know, we're trying to push that, that we can get something that'll work for you. It doesn't have to be an expedition. We have lots of other options. There's tons of other options out there. And like you said, like you kind of take the analytical approach of this is where I think I want to have, let's see every bow in that realm of possibility and shoot, put my hands on every single one and shoot them and figure out exactly which one it is based on my parameters. Um, and we have the option to do that through the shop or, you know, so if there's a extremely short woman or tall woman that doesn't think that there's an option for her, there's always something we we can change out a limb to a light say you're you know six foot tall woman but you need a light limb because you don't have a male's muscle mass we can put a 40 or 50 pound set of limbs on a longer axle axle bow and make that work for you we can do custom it's harder it costs more but we can do custom builds like her flx that we're doing with the short cams um just because you have to switch out components because they aren't original components. So there's options that we can do, but there's a lot of other great multi-size bows that fit a large number of people that we can put you into and customize them the way you want them also. So you're not stuck with a cookie cutter by any brand or any manufacturer. Mm -hmm. You're not stuck with the cookie cutter option. If you like to play around with things and you want your own colors, we can do all that stuff too. So it's uh, archery isn't individual sport and you can put as much or as little into it as you like and get what you want out of it in return
2: is the fxl is that a 2022 or 2021
4: 21 launched in 21 still carried on in 22
2: okay because i know with all the supply issues and stuff like that it's yep. like a you we gotta work with an aluminum
4: yeah. riser bow so it didn't fall into the x-series um supply chain issue so they're they've always been in production fantastic bow for men or women um and a lot of women can shoot that without modification. Just Kayla's extremely short. She shoots a, she's five foot five, shoots a 25 and a half inch draw. Um, Amanda who shoots for us, she's same height. same height, but she has longer arms. She shoots a 26 and a half inch. So she would have fit that bow without any modifications and having to go to the smaller camp. Mm-hmm. So it's just, and like, and every bow fits everybody differently. We try to, you know, we can measure you and get something fairly close but it it goes on your feel and we can tune from there so yeah it's just it's a fun experience I love working one-on-one with people like that and giving them exactly what they want and just seeing how much they appreciate you doing exactly what they had asked for Mm -hmm. Um, we recently went through that we were trying to make a single cam smoke which was interesting very (laughs) very cool so I have I had one set of cams that was off So i would be like the original Expedition X-Ring series single cams. Okay. I have one set of those that I was keeping as a backup for myself, and I had a customer approach me that he's a fan of single cams, as am I, so I couldn't tell him no because I wanted to see how this would play out. But he approached me of, I want to build a custom single cam because those are kind of going off the market because new two-cam bows are becoming just as smooth as the single cams used to be and way faster, which everybody wants smoother, faster. So, but he's like, what can we do, you know? And he saw the new smoke had launched and he's like, can we build a single cam smoke? I will try, you know? And I I told him from the start of uh, Mr. Gardner, I don't know if this is going to work because we have to put it together before we test, you know, so we can test it to see where the draw lengths are going to end up at and the draw cycle and got it all put together, was mocking, using a mock set of strings before we and I, it would only go to 27 and a quarter inches, 27 inches okay. at maximum length, and we needed 29. So we were both heartbroken right. at that point because uh-huh. I shoot 29 inches too, and I wanted to see what this would do as a single uh-huh. cam. Um, so that didn't pan out, and we, we had to go a different route, unfortunately. But it's fun tinkering. It ended up, I just threw it up on Facebook of, hey, this is available. You can pick your own string set because it's not a completely finished thing, but this is where it will go. And I can't give you any other information. I haven't been able to shoot it because of the mock set of strings up on it. Yeah. Um, but this is what I think will happen. You know, within an hour of having it up on our Facebook page, it was sold to another friend of mine who's short, male. And he's like, yep, it sounded cool. I want it, you know. And I didn't think it'd sell. I was going to fully prepare to tear it apart and make it a two-cam bow, the original yeah. configuration. And so he got to come in, pick the... String color he wanted we're gonna finish it out and then really see what it'll do but just fun things like that but if anybody else is listening no more single cam hybrids because (laughs) the parts aren't available not that i wouldn't love to we just can't it's not a not a thing we can even do because there's no more parts
2: yeah i completely understand that so is there anything you want to finish off kayla before we wrap up here
3: no i don't think so Hopefully I do well tomorrow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's very true.
4: The only other thing I gotta say is so it's challenging enough for her to live with me, but I also <laughs> she took on the responsibility of our our shop Facebook page and the dust off Facebook page. I mean we both do a little bit of content on there, but she has definitely been the driving force behind getting these service member stories out through the dust-off page and promoting Uh, our shop and all the expedition shooters that shoot from our shop and customers that we've put in the new bow packages and you know all our new women and kids shooters that we've seen lately has been phenomenal and a she's bringing them in her and Amanda especially they see that women are shooting from our shop and Chantel Um, so they've been drawing them in I've been setting them up and actually Kayla and Amanda have taken on a lot of the responsibility of coaching the women they're just more comfortable i'm not i'm not, gonna, I'm not intimidating i don't think but yeah, are. women are just more comfortable <laughs> around other women shooters mm-hmm. so she's taken on a, a ton of responsibility for the shop so you've seen kind of a new look to the facebook page of fun friday facts or whatever she called it fun uh, fact friday fun yeah. fact friday you know and she's always like take a picture you know if you set up a new kid with a bow and i'm not there take a picture you know get and we want to see what we're putting out there for people and show that the you know, we're getting adults in, we're getting kids in, you know, and, and show what what's out there. And it, you don't have to come to our shop, but go visit your local. Obviously, no, not everybody's going to drive to Little Podunk, Denver, Iowa. We love it there. But, you know, we realize that the audience that you have isn't going to, everybody's not going to drive to our shop. But go visit your local archery shops, support your local businesses for sure. hmm we love our local ice cream shops and restaurants, so a couple blocks from our house. Absolutely, if you come to our shop, we're gonna recommend you check out these other places in town, and we encourage everybody to go visit your local archery shops, gun shops, mm-hmm. food places. Support those local businesses, because as we've all seen in the last two years, you know everybody needs all the help they can get. So yeah.
2: the attack on small business is very obvious. So yeah, yeah please do what uh, do what everybody does. Nice thing is. Like my audience, like a, I have a big draw here in the Midwest. So it's like I'm hoping that those who list this episode or when I when I post it, because I always put a blurb in there about um, uh, the Dust-Off project. So we've seen, I've seen re- return on that where people have reached out to you, yep. either through me or somebody else, and gained we, the bow and was
4: donated to you. We actually have a guy waiting down by the booth right now for us to receive a Dust-Off project bow that was donated from one of the clubs at one of the HHA shoots we're at this summer.
3: Probably so. one of the bows you brought back for us. You could have. Yeah. <laughs> no, those,
4: like. those Chrome Martins, you know, the yeah. really fancy with the shoot through string sets, target mm-hmm. bow. He specifically asked for a target bow. And I said, boy, do I have a deal for you. I brought that down so, Yep. It's actually sitting down there, but, uh, I forgot what I was going to say besides that. But, yeah, so, you know, support, support the local business. You know, if, if you're listening and you don't know your local archery shop or don't know of any in the area, you can get on the expedition page if you're looking specifically for an expedition. And pretty much as far as I know, every other – they have a dealer listing or reach out to us, and I'll do my best to find your local expedition dealer for you because I don't know if all of them – have made it to the website they've added a ton in the last year or two Mm -hmm. um or hha products of course we love chris we love hha support them um yeah we
3: and come shoot with us this summer with
4: us come see us we're gonna be we're up in the air about one because we leave for disney the next day but we're for sure five of the six shoots we're coming to plus the banquet when that goes down if you listen to hha podcast chris has been talking about that Mm -hmm. quite a bit lately um, we have a lot of great sponsors. And we have local
3: ones Yeah, Blackhawk Archers.
4: Yeah, Blackhawk Archers, if you're in the, the Iowa area, we put on a, a great shoot. Um, there's a lot of fantastic clubs around Iowa, specifically very old clubs. Iowa Bow Hunters Association puts on the Fall Festival. Um, just amazing place to live and be able to reach out to these other shoots. Um, and one more shout-out to all our... Dustoff Project corporate sponsors and donors, we could not do what we do for veterans without your help, your support, even just getting our name out there so other people become aware of it and bringing us veterans. And now law enforcement, uh, first responders, firefighters, correction officers are also fall into uh, eligible recipients of Dustoff Project BOSE. If you meet the requirements, if you don't know what those are, contact me. Uh, we'll go through that with you. Um, but yeah, everybody's welcome in our shop. So you want to come into the shop specifically door, it's an open door when we're there working and we'd love to see you all.
2: Beautiful. Thank you for you too, for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Let's go shoot this DXL.
4: Yeah, yes. let's do it.